book of Ezekiel, the 36th chapter today. We went to the 34th last Sunday. Ezekiel 36, verse 21. He said, But I had pity for my holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the heathen, where they went. Therefore say unto the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, I do not this for your sakes, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the heathen where you went. Now he's brought this up twice. Now it must have been pretty serious that he reminded them one more time what they had done. And he said, And I will sanctify my name, which was profaned among the heathen, which ye have profaned in the midst of them. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall <clears throat> be sanctified in you before their eyes. And I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all the countries, and it will bring you into your own land. Then, after he's done all this, then will I sprinkle clean water upon you. I'd like for us to remember a couple of things this morning as we go through the verses that I've chosen. It's always the Lord that has done it all. He called out a people and saved. It's that simple. John said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. So he's also the one that takes away the sin. He came to save his people from their sin. So then he's going to sprinkle clean water upon make them clean. And you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you. And a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you an heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you. And cause you to walk in my statutes. And ye shall keep my judgments. And do them. And ye shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. And ye shall be my people, and I will be your God. So it's all in the hands of God. He does it all. He paid our sin debt and saved us. And it's a continuing saving us from our sin. I, you know, it's they, nowadays it. I've talked about the easy, easy believism stuff today, and uh, it's abounding. All you have to do, they say, and I say, no, that's the worst beginning you can have. It's what you're going to do. Yeah. What the Lord's going to do is what's important. 
It's the crux of the whole thing. <clears throat> then, boys, you, oh, and I will multiply. You know, in verse 29, I believe I left that off. I will also save you from all your uncleanness, and I will call for the corn and will increase it and lay no famine upon you. And I will multiply the fruit of the tree and in increase of the field that ye shall receive no more reproach of famine among the heathen. Then shall ye remember your own evil ways and your doings that were not good and shall loathe yourselves in your own sight for your iniquities and for your abominations. It's not for your sake do I this, saith the Lord, be it known unto you, be ashamed and confounded for your own ways, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord God in the day that I shall have cleansed you from all your iniquities, I will also cause you to dwell in the cities, and the waste shall be built, and the desolate land shall be tilled, whereas it lay desolate in the sight of all that passed by. And they shall say, This land that was desolate is become like the Garden of Eden, and the waste and the desolate ruined cities are become fenced and are inhabited. Then the heathen that are left around about you shall know that I the Lord build the ruined places and plant that ye was that that was desolate. I the Lord have spoken it, and I will do it. And thus saith the Lord God. I will yet for this be inquired of by the house of Israel to do it for them. And I will increase them with men like a flock. So also he has identified who he's talking to the people the men it's not the flock it's the men it's those that he came to save from their sin he's going to liberate them deliver them from their sin I can't help but go their 110th psalm sister asked me one time I was here about this psalm I couldn't remember at the time. I was thinking of somewhere else. I, I really want to say Isaiah, and then if I got down the road and I remembered it, uh, it was too late, though. I had to, next time I saw her, <laughs> a reminder where it was. said, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Thy people shall be willing in the day 
of thy power. In the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning, thou hast the dew of thy youth. The Lord has sworn, and he will not repent. Thou art a priest after order of Melchizedek. And the Lord, the Lord at thy hand, shall strike through the kings in the day of his wrath. And he shall judge among the heathen. He shall fill the places with the dead bodies. He shall wound the heads over many countries. He shall drink of the brook in the way. Therefore shall he lift up the head. So the Lord, once again, he's going to do it. Isn't it something, though, he's going to bring also about that the the thing that they would call upon him to do it for. Now that's something you don't hear anything about today. They tell people they can do it. Uh, I've been seeing something occasionally on TV lately. It's plenty disturbing to me about some prayer app. Uh, and this fella doing a little talking and he he's talking about prayer and he's doing this stuff. You know. Boy, you don't turn me off. Start that. I'm thinking about this week about the cross. I thought of the song, the old rugged cross. I'm not so sure that I agree with all of that. It wasn't a cross. It wasn't a cross. It was the Lord Himself. That was a sinner. Going to lift up the head. You know, He, he said, Now if I be lifted up, I'll draw all unto me. But it wasn't about the cross. It was about the lifting Him up. It was always Him. That He might have the preeminence Always. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. The unison that is in them. And it is Him that come to do the will of the Father and please Him. Again, that He might have the preeminence. This is the only begotten Son. The only one. He sent Him to save His people from their sin. And that's what's being left off today. No judgment. No nothing. You just make a decision. Oh, first thing you know, we got to say is a little prayer. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Well, that's nothing new. All people believe. The devils even believe and tremble. But what do they believe? That it's God that's all in all, that has sent His Son Jesus Christ to die for their sins in the book of First Peter. First chapter.
Peter and an apostles of Jesus Christ to the strangers scattered throughout Eponus and uh, Galatia and Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus of Jesus Christ grace unto you and peace be multiplied Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God. That's what we're talking about. The power of God. They'll be willing in the day of His power. He's going to cause. He is the cause. And He's going to cause people to come to Him and seek Him out that He might do for them what is necessary to save us from this crooked world. By the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time wherein ye greatly rejoice though now for a season if need be you're in heaviness through manifold temptations at the trial at the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Though it's still all about Him. Word honor. I think this ought to, seeing these things that the Lord has done for us and caused us to look, it ought to cause us to be more fervent in our worship, more fervent in our prayer, that He would come and do for us what He has promised He would do for His people. At the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom though now yet, uh, ye see Him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith. He's going to do it for us. Even the salvation of your soul. 
the washing of your souls. Go and sprinkle clean water upon them and make them clean that they might enter in and worship God of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you and it has come. It's no longer prophecy. It's been fulfilled. He came. Behold the Lamb of God that cometh to take away the sins of the world. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desired to look into. <clears throat> Wherefore, I said it ought to prompt us. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. These things are going to be complete then. When? When it's revealed. When it's revealed, what's your faith based upon? The revelation of Jesus Christ to what it must be. It must be in Him. The one that has the preeminence in all things. What glory, what glory. In verse... 22 then we skip down there seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through mark this down through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren you see that you love one another with pure heart fervently being born again not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. I was thinking this week about that. The blood of bulls and goats. Uh, it could be corrupted. It would be. But the offering of bulls and goats is always eventually is corrupted. But the blood of Jesus Christ is pure and undefiled. And it can't be corrupted. Pure, pure. Made me think of honey. The girls working on the honey project. 
They say it'll just keep forever. The blood of Jesus Christ is good forevermore. Undefiled. Pure. And He's going to sprinkle that purity up on His people and save them from their sin. In Hebrews, the 10th chapter, I guess verse 12 said, but this man, I keep coming back here. It's good stuff. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified, that are made clean. Just men made perfect. You see, you can't be perfect. That's what they're trying to tell us today. But in Jesus Christ, we can be perfect. Just men made perfect. How do you do that? By the blood of the Lamb. It is shed for His people that sprinkled up on the mercy seat. Where mercy comes from. He hath perfected forever them that are sanctified, whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that He had said before, this is a covenant that I will make with them after those days. Saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. What's going to be made perfect? Not this old body, but the heart, the heart of man. That's where the cleansing is, is in the heart. That's where the blood was shed for the heart that it might be made pure, holy, holy and undefiled. Yeah, incorruptible. Isn't that something? And we don't have to wait for the resurrection. It's good now. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. In their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where the remission of these is, there's no more offering for sin. It is done. Having therefore, brethren, boldness, boldness to enter in to the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which He hath consecrated for us through the veil. That is to say, His flesh. 
And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Well, the veil, I don't think hardly anybody really understands the veil, the rendering of the veil is ripped in two from top to bottom. It goes back to the cross idea. It wasn't the hanging of the veil. It was a veil itself that was rent from top to bottom. And I think it's nothing more than symbolic of the of Christ hanging up on the cross and being rent from top to bottom. It's sad even being pierced and the water and the blood run out for us, for you and I. It kind of looks back also at in the law and in the sacrifices, especially the sacrifice, the sin sacrifice. He said, get a lamb every morning and every one every evening and sacrifice it. On the Sabbath day, get two and sacrifice them. But he cautioned them then, said, keep the flame going. Don't let it go out until it be totally consumed. Which also is a picture of our Savior hanging up on that cross, being consumed. Totally consumed. It is He that does it for us. And we would look at Him being lifted up, being lifted up. I'll draw all unto me upon that cross. Let us draw nigh with a true heart and full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For He is faithful at promise. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Many says, not forsake him the assembling of yourselves together as a manner of some is. But even the more as you see the day approaching, it's a good thing we gather in it that we might praise him, that we might honor him that we might lift up the head, that he might have the preeminence. And I say it ought to spark us even more that we would worship God in newness of heart, with a clean heart, and even having our conscience sprinkled 
from dead works. I think it's one of the more important parts. Is your conscience clear? Or you still need to do something? If you have the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't need to do another thing. And it was furthermore, in the very beginning, it was Him that come to do for us. And it was Him that caused us to call upon Him. In Ephesians, the fourth chapter. I guess go to verse 20. He said, But ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that you have heard of Him and have been taught by Him, as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning a former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust." How would I not, how would I known lust without the law? Cease for lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. A just man made perfect. Wherefore put away lying Speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. And then he goes on. You could go a lot further there and read the rest. Back in Hebrews, the fourth chapter, then let's go there a minute. I guess verse 12 in the fourth chapter, for the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. And it is discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are. Yet, without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now you're going to come boldly before the throne. With man, 
is impossible. The priest even went in behind the veil with blood. Lest he die. Now how much less could you and I go behind the veil than that priest? But since we are become priests, we still have a high priest. But since we are become priests, then we enter in through the veil that has been rent from top to bottom, that we might partake of the heavenly calling. Jesus Christ being ahead of all things the one that called out a people and saved them from their sin. Behold the Lamb that taketh away the sins of the world. Let us go to Him often and praise Him.